Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I'm here with my teammate, co-host, and the head coach of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. Yeah, Shay, thank you. I'm boy, looking over at our guest today. I cannot wait to be a part of this podcast today. I think a lot of people are going to enjoy and grow. Um, Shay, this is going to be one of the best podcasts we've ever done. Yeah, so we're so excited. We're, we're going to talk uh, marriage today and specifically the art of staying in love. And, um, you know, this is really fun. I have been watching and like so many have been watching Keith and Karen love each other and choose each other and date each other and spend time together. Um, in fact, me and some of the young guys go down and we work out on the bottoms at K1 at, at 4 p.m. often and Keith and Karen are down there and they're going on walks together. And what's your favorite sport you guys have been playing lately? Oh, we kind of like pickleball. Oh, pickleball. That's right. And uh, it's it's just amazing example to watch you guys love each other. And so we're excited to talk about this. I'm I'm kind of stealing Joe's intro. He was going to talk to all of us about the chances. Go ahead and introduce him from your perspective. Yeah, Shay. Um, Keith and Karen are our best buds. Uh, Debbie, Joe, and Karen are twins, I think. And uh, and Keith and I are both just a little off our rockers, I think. Uh, so we relate to each other really good. But I've told people for years that Keith Chance is the most electrifying person I've ever met. Um, he's also the most intentional person uh, I've ever met, especially with Karen, especially with his children. He's he's definitely somebody to talk about today. Uh, wonderful football player. Um, grew up without a pop in his life. Uh, grew up, you know, really uh, in in hardship, a lot of hardship. But he shook it all off, and you know, all the things that were difficult for him as a child. Um, he's he's become intentional about making sure that his children don't have to grow up and see that uh, as, as he did. Just he he's a bounce back uh, dad. He's a bounce back husband. And then Karen, his wife, golden girl from Mizzou, cheerleader for the Cardinals, uh, cheerleader for the Chiefs. Um, still as gorgeous today as the day that Keith Chancey fell in love with her. Um, they've been in camp for some 30 years. They now run uh, K-7, um, our one-week camp for teenagers, and they have developed and they lead the Canacuck Institute for College Grads. Welcome the Chanceys to our podcast. All right, Miss Karen, let's start with your love story. How'd you guys meet and fall in love? Wow. Okay. Uh, we met at K-2, Canacuck Camp, and I had been there for a year and Keith came in and like Joe said, dynamic personality, ginormous smile, kind to everyone. I mean, he electrified camp and electrified the girls, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> uh, so there was never a um, small gathering wanting to be around Keith Chancy, And we developed a great friendship, a seven year solid friendship. Well, if if the 
pictures don't lie, not only did he have a big smile and a big personality, but he also had a big blonde mullet, didn't he? Yes, he did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and what did that do for (laughs) you personally? Well, you know, sometimes, you know, Samson doesn't cut his hair. (laughs) So that was kind of a non-negotiable, you know. And uh, But, you know, he also had short shorts, but he had really, really muscular legs in those short shorts, to be honest. (laughs) I mean, short shorts were in. Yeah, they're coming back Yeah, I think they are. Mm. Uh, Chancy, how about from your perspective? Oh, my gosh. Well, she was the blonde bombshell that I absolutely, right off the bat, I go, she is so fine. But I knew one thing. I was so stupid. And and, and so it it took, it takes some a little bit less time to figure these things out. The next seven years was a stretch. And, And because there was so much baggage in my life. I was president of the Bachelor to the Rapture Club, and I loved relationships as long as they didn't have any expectations of me to give a commitment. And so I was great in the relationship category, just without a commitment. And Karen stood by my side for seven years, loving me, believing in me, being a cheerleader. Even before we were married, she was a great cheerleader to me and would come when we were doing K-Life in St. Louis. She'd come to St. Louis. And when I was down in Dallas, I actually ended up moving next door to Karen in Dallas doing K-Life. And I'll never forget that because I went, that is unbelievable. How in the world did God know how to put that together? So if you're ever wondering in the sovereignty of God, that may be one of the greatest stories ever. There's millions of homes in Dallas and God put me next door to the girl that I thought was awesome at camp. Did she cook a couple of meals for well, you? Well, you know, Karen said she came over. I was doing K-Life and here's all these kids around her house and leaders. And Karen said, hey, I know you're busy. I know you're spending way too much money, but here's here's the deal. You give me $100 a month and I will cook your meals. They'll be on the table at six o'clock. If you come, great. If you don't, they'll be in the refrigerator. You get them anytime, come as you go. No commitment, no anything. Just I need money for my meals too. And I said, Done. And so she cooked my meals, and I'm telling you, she won my heart through my belly, okay? Now, it's unbelievable. So that was a little bit of the—our relationship was like that. Uh, Karen uh, exuded what a godly woman was, and always when the girls would be coming around, and and they're trying to win affection through, you know, flattering and things, Karen just did it right. Karen was discipling women. She was intentional to counsel. She first and foremost took care of her own— own personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what made her so attracted to me. So seven years later into this, you know, me being in the, in the desert and, and God blinding, you know, both of us from falling in love with anybody else. It was amazing how God uh, allowed us to journey being sanctified. And one day I woke up, I took Karen on one date and I said, Karen, if you'll help me put together the K-Life manual, if you'll do that, I'll take you anywhere in Dallas you've ever wanted to go. Now, there was an alternative motive in my life at that time. So she does this. I mean, remember, we're talking old time because she had to type it up. So she types it up, and I go over to pick it up, and, and it was phenomenal. She made me look good. And I take her on this date. Well, at that date, I'm, I took her to Southern Kitchen, which is, you know, the best of people in Dallas would take you to that place. And it was all fried foods. And Karen, I can't even eat. Because when I picked her up at the door, she's wearing this peach dress, and it, it was ooh-la-la. La. You still remember? I mean, I still remember. I can see it. As, and, and she's tried to show it to girls today. She goes, I don't know what he saw. I saw an angel. And I mean, I'll never forget it. And, and I said, Karen, I mean, when I took out dinner, I just kept looking at her going, I couldn't eat. All I'm thinking of is I'm in love, and I'm going to ask this girl to marry me. And she's thinking, Karen, what were you thinking at that time? 
Well, so I had told my roommate, you know, he knows Karen from camp. Gym shorts, no makeup. You know, I, I'm going to see if there's anything. I'm thinking there's something that maybe the blinders have come off, you know, after seven years for me. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to find out tonight. So I got all cutied up. And after dinner, he brought me home and said, great, I'll see you tomorrow. Didn't walk me to the door. No, stop it. I yeah. walked in. I mean, I, I made an F at every level of dropping a woman off after a date. So I came in and cried. I told my she roommate, went in and he's cried, not but interested. I drove home as fast as I could. And I, I go, I'm getting married. Now, I, no one knows to who because no one knew we ever dated because we hadn't. Uh -huh. We've been on one date that night. And I knew that after seven years, she was the one for me. And I went home and I called my mom. I said, hey, I'm getting married. She goes, well, I guess the next best question is to who? And I said, Karen. She goes, great choice. And, you know, it was unbelievable because uh, the next week, Karen, and I went to a wedding in uh, Colorado and we stayed with a family there. And uh, that night I told Karen that I loved her. And the next week we're at camp and I'm speaking at camp because camp was starting a staff training week. And I did a talk on back to the basics. And I said, there's a girl here today that says back to the basics. And I described Karen Welton. I said, she is a woman that has loved Jesus. She's an, she's a, a disciple maker. And today I want to ask Karen, I got on my knee and I proposed to Karen and said, will you marry me? After two weeks, one date. She is said yes. Right? Yes. And what he hasn't told you <laughs> is I am on my way to be a missionary in Kenya to the Kipsigi tribe. Well, I had to stop it. I knew she'd so, meet some Kipsigi tribe guy and I'm done. <laughs> so I left. I literally left an hour later after he put a ring on my finger. And so instead of two years, I stayed for three months. I did a three month commitment and we came back and got married. <laughs> Wow. She came back. We got married. We lived in the K-Life house. And I mean, it has been the greatest adventure ever. 34 years later, here we are. So what a praise. No one will ever forget, Keith, that ring. No. You know, you gave the longest talk ever waiting for yes. Federal Express to bring the ring into the ceremony. Yes. You kept waiting and talking and waiting and talking. And finally, when it arrived, no one that was at K2 You're kidding that day me. It was ever... in transit? It was in yes. transit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, oh, he, was, he was wasting time up there. Yeah, I, I, was, I had gone through every talk I'd ever given in my life, and it was about the 15th or 16th uh, point that I had made. And Joe's back in the back going... Stop, bro, stop. He has no idea. Nobody has an idea. And Charlie Anderson had gone to get my ring from the post office, UPS delivery, which Scotty Polk has sent there. And I'm going, you've got to hurry. And finally, here it comes. And it was just awesome to watch James Skinner come running up and throw it to me. And the next thing I'm doing, proposing to her. So and, and Karen hilarious. takes off for Africa. And she takes <laughs> off. Wow. You know, 20 years later, I bought a ring from Scotty Polk, and I gave it to a blonde hair with blue eyes. Yes, you did. And it works. Praise him. A yep. K2 girl. That's yep. right. Wow. This is hilarious. You guys are unbelievable. You know, so part of the reason we're having this conversation is because people are falling out of love left and right. And, you know, in some ways, when you choose to love somebody, you're going to have to love a moving target because people change. And, and sadly, so many marriages fall apart because, because of that. So talk to us a little bit. I mean, Karen, how has Keith changed over the years and how have you changed your affections for him in that process? That's a great question. You know, we all bring baggage into our marriages and 
Keith didn't have an example. So I'll be honest, you know, he's changed. We've both changed in the sense of communication. You know, we didn't know what we were doing. And I came from a family that stuffed conflict. He came from a family that escalated conflict. And so, you know, we kind of did this dance early in our marriage of he would escalate and I would cower. And, you know, I really honestly... I think if we can all be honest with ourselves that we're on the same team and that I come with insecurities, he might come with some anger issues or some abandonment issues, but let's be honest and let's deal with those and let's talk those through. And is that happening in our conflict? You know, are we conflicting because I'm having insecurity issues, which did happen a lot in our marriage. And once we kind of started realizing that in each other and and we're like, hey, I'm for you you're for me. Let's talk about those. And let's let's try to resolve conflict in our marriage. And I mean, we had some hard times working through conflict and didn't really know the right way to do it. And we're still working on conflict 34 years later, you know. Keith, what would you say to that? You know, I think Karen's exactly right on. You know, we still work on that. And I think that's one of the things that people forget. They think they all of a sudden arrive and everything's going to be perfect. And it ne- you never arrive until glory. And so Karen and I will be working on this until the day that we die and we go to stand before God. And, 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 and the blessing of that is that I know that. And I know I'm not uh, perfect, but I know I'm in the image of God. And the way that I continue to do this is I continue to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. And I give him... Every morning of every day, I'm in the Word, in prayer, meditating on Scripture, memorizing Scripture, and not having to go share my quiet time with my wife, but having to live my quiet time with my wife. And so she gets to watch that. I get to watch that. And Karen, she's in the Word every day. She's such a student of the Bible and such a great teacher of the Bible. Um, I think one of the things that God has given me such a joy for, and I didn't get to watch it in my family, uh, my mom and dad. Um, but I got to see it in Karen and I, is that I am her cheerleader. I mean, I really do. I love to watch her excel. I love everything that she's ever done from the moment we've gotten married. I would always tell my friends, she's the greatest cook in the world. She's the greatest encourager in the world. She's the greatest teacher in the world. And and as you just begin to say those things, it's it's as if God just gives them that confidence. And I've watched Karen's confidence excel, you know, and, and she her confidence is not in me. She would love God no matter if I was here or not. In fact, our joy is not about each other. It's about the Lord. And so we've really learned how to do that in an incredible way. And so I'm very excited about, you know, the relationship I continue to have with Karen. So, And I would say we choose every day to choose each other. And, you know, there were some times where, I'll be honest, you know, women have hormone issues. <laughs> and my hormones were crazy. And I was in a lot of physical pain with nerve pain and our marriage wasn't great. And I remember him saying to me one day, why are you so mean? And I was like, it just caught me off guard because that's nothing in my character is mean. But I realized I am in constant pain and I'm not loving, I'm not choosing to love my husband well. And so we really, especially after empty nesting, we chose to love each other and be involved in each other's activities and take a walk at camp and hold hands and 
play pickleball. Now, let me tell you, he is the most competitive person, maybe besides Debbie Joe, that I know. <laughs> he could kill me at any given moment. But we, after every game, we kiss at the net. And we don't, it doesn't matter to me if I beat him. It doesn't matter to him if he beats me. In fact, he could beat me at any given time, but he chooses to make me better. And we just enjoy it. I mean, it's never, we never, we don't give ourselves grief if I miss a point or he misses a point. We don't hold it over. We just try to enjoy the journey together. And so that's what we're doing. I love that. <laughs> and, you know, the the beauty of, I look at our relationship with each other and it's kind of like our pickleball game is that Karen chooses, sometimes she wants to just slam it down my throat, and she could. And she's always in the right position because she's a student of pickleball. And and a lot of these things that I say are great because we're constantly students of each other. And the older I get, the more I'm a student of Karen. And I want to know her loves, her likes, her dislikes, and I want to please her. And I want to be her compliment. And I want us to communicate at a level that's you know, level three communication where she, it's more than just talking about the pickleball game or how the weather is, but it's talking about how are you and how are you feeling and, and what's going on in your life right now. And, 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 you know, Karen, when you came through your cancer, you know, that was one of the most difficult times of our life. And, and to watch you navigate through that and watch us, rather than a lot of people, they draw away from each other. We drew, we, we were driven to each other in a way that I can't even imagine. Mm. And so I think that was, you know, people say, what's the greatest times of our life? And I go cancer. You know, we really, during that time, it was unbelievable. I'd love for y'all to just, you know, hang out there for a while uh, because uh, we're, we're talking about the art of staying in love. And, you know, anybody can stay in love when you're at dinner together and the candlelight is shining in, you know, your, your lover's eyes. Um, but when, when your wife is stricken with uh, breast cancer and facing surgery, to me, Keith and Karen is y'all's best friends. Uh, that was y'all's finest hour. Um, what was that time like for y'all when the doctor, you know, gave you the uh, the ultimatum that that surgery was at hand and that your life was at stake? Karen, what was it like for you? You know, the Lord uses those moments to kind of um, define you, settle you. Do you really believe that I'm faithful? And um, I remember this the Lord's Spirit just settling me of God's in control. And he knows our days. I don't know our days. He knows our days. But our days are numbered. We all know that. But I think when you're faced with cancer, you realize, oh, my days really are numbered. And um, my husband walked through this with me, uh, served me so well. I will say that I fell in love even more than I already had been in love with my husband when he served me in cancer. I mean, he did things that, wow, nurses do in hospitals, but you're, you know, you're at your, your most vulnerable moment. And he just loved and served me so well. And, you know, our darkest moments, we've had some. We, you know, had miscarriages and we had a son that was premature who died, but the Lord like wrapped us up together and we were like, we can do this with him. 
Now, by ourselves, there's no way. I think I would have fallen apart. But just with Keith's strength and, strength and the Lord's strength, he just gave us the ability to walk through it. And, you know, even now, my reconstruction did not go well. And I look at my husband, I'm like, he is such a champ in all of that, that he loves me wholly for me, even though I'm not whole. <laughs> um, there are parts for men that are, you know, important. And he chooses to love me and make me feel like I'm still so attractive, you know, to him sexually and in all ways. Keith, talk about your unconditional love for her. I mean, uh, it, it was your finest hour as a, as a husband. You know, I, I think of the verse that Karen and I both were clinging on to, Psalm 91, of the Lord being our refuge. And I just thought about that a lot, Joe. And as I look at even Karen today, I just, I love her so much. And her body, to me, is the most beautiful body in the world because it's the only one I get the privilege of seeing. And so no matter what that body ever happens to it, it is awesome because it's mine. And God gave us each other. And so I wake up every day going, God, thank you for the greatest blessing in the world that you gave to me. Outside of salvation, you gave me a wife that's a completer to me and my helpmate. And we sure have had a lot of fun. And as I think about Karen going through a lot of the things we've been through, those times we went through made us better. And I like what Karen said earlier. It, it's the power of choice. We all have it. I choose to love my wife through thick and thin and whatever goes on because it's the joy of the Lord that has brought us through. And so 34 years later, I'm more in love with this girl than I ever was before because I have chosen that that's the one object of my affection that I choose to work on. And so it sure has been fun. Joe, you can feel free to jump in on this question too, but I'm curious, what, what, why does tragedy drive people apart? You know, there's really two, there's kind of two options, right? Either it drives you together or it drives you apart. Why does it drive people apart? You know, I think if we just focus on our own emotion, it separates. Mm -hmm. But when both of those emotions are centered on the Lord, it draws. You know, he's there. He says, I'm going to walk with you. You're going you're to be, I'm going to be your, your stronghold, your refuge. And when both of you are looking to the Lord to be that stronghold and that refuge, I think that's why there's unity and oneness in that. But to do that on your own, I, I don't know. I don't know how people walk through that. That's, that'd be so dark and so difficult to handle on your own. Yeah, Shay, I see Keith and Karen, and I wish everybody knew them the way Debbie Joe and I do, but I see them, you know, as a billboard of how to love and how to stay in love for a lifetime. Uh, but but, it, but as I kind of pass what I know about Keith and Karen through a prism, um, you know, I see that, uh, that Shay that's staying in love, uh, which is even greater lovers <laughs> than falling in love. Uh, growing old together is so much more fun than than whatever your experience as young lovers, but but I but I see just I just see just two or three things and Keith and Karen y'all jump in at any point, but I, but I see the decision to serve, and Che you talked about tragedy it drives people apart or it drives people together. And I know in, you know, all of Karen's surgeries and my surgeries, as, as Keith has, has chosen to serve that girl, and as Debbie Joe, oh my gosh, say, she serves me all 
day long. Whenever we have intersections, she works, I work. But from morning to noon to night, the girl serves me in embarrassingly wonderful ways. And, you know, married folks and lovers, serving is the key to succeeding in tragedy. And you can just write that on your eyelids in a tattoo so you see it every time you're blink. Serving is the key to success or to love that lasts a lifetime through your tragedies. And, the, and then I see Keith and Karen championing each other. You know, you hear it come through the microphones of this podcast, and you want to just take that to your love relationship and, and live that out together. They champion each other. Gary Smalley, way back in our early days together, uh, and Keith and Karen, I see y'all doing this. He challenged us to write down 10 things you appreciate about your spouse, the 10 things you love the most about your spouse, and write them down, put them in your billfold, carry them with you, memorize them, and then anytime there's a problem, look at those 10 things you love the most about each other and the problems with each other just vanish away. And then the third thing I see that they do so well is they choose love, not anger. They choose love, not shutting down. They choose love, not bitterness. Love, as Gary Smalley used to say, is a decision. And I see those three things holding these two together for their 34 years and making the billboard that we see today. You know, one of the things that always it goes back to for me is just the Word of God. And thank you, Joe, for those wonderful things that are said. Romans 8, 28, I love Paul's words there. and this, I love to say it's all good. But all good is not just a statement that you make because all is really good in the sense it, it's working out exactly the way I want to. But what Paul says, says all things work together for good. We all like that part, but we don't like the second part of that passage. To those who love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Sometimes I see people, they choose to fall out of love because they don't understand God's purposes. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't understand God's purposes, that James 1 says, consider pure joy, my brethren, when you encounter trials, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. And once and in the end, it will complete you. It'll make you perfect. And for me, I had to learn that. And that was a process of watching my parents go through a very difficult divorce and watching my dad abandon us. And there was abuse there and all those things that I blamed God for. And then I realized it wasn't God that did that. It was man, man sinful. And I can choose to do it right, or I can choose to blame God for something that God did not do. And so as I look at all the things that Karen and I have been through, I go, I am so thankful that it's all good because it's according to his purpose. No matter what happens, I'm going to pick my chin up, hold my shoulders back and go, God, thank you. We can do this together. And then I believe that Karen and I can do anything together because it's for the Lord. So it's really been an incredible journey that we've had the privilege of doing together. Mm. Keith and Karen, there's a lot of singles that are listening right now. A lot of singles in our audience and I know that you're passionate about them and for them. What can they do to ensure they marry someone who will choose them just in the way that you're describing? I love that. We were actually 28 and 29 when we got married. And I was because Chancey took forever. That's he took oh, for that's seven right. years. <laughs> Sanctified. <laughs> 
But I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. People would say, you went on one date. How can you marry that guy? I'm like, I knew him for seven years. I watched him be faithful. I actually knew the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> I watched him date other girls. The good, I, the bad, and the dummy. And, and the dummy, yeah. <laughs> but I watched him in so many circumstances, and he is the most disciplined man, person on the planet that I know. And I knew that as a young boy trying to make ends meet for his family, you know, he had a paper route from sixth grade to 12th grade. You don't get a day off on a paper route. And that discipline, then coupled with the discipline of the Lord, I watched him be faithful in ministry and love young men and disciple young men. I watched him ever make every decision based on God's word and prayer. And so I knew, even though he didn't have a daddy growing up, I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt he was committed to the Lord. I had watched his faithfulness, and I trusted that. So I would say to young women, know who you're marrying. We like to always say, marry proven, not potential. There are a lot of guys with great potential. Watch them be proven. You know, give them a few years. Watch them in action. Watch them do what their passion is. Are, are they full of integrity? Are they honest? Do they really love the Lord? And it shows in their life. And Karen, I've always, we, we just, as we continue to do the Institute and still work with high school students and junior high students at camp during the summer, our goal is if everybody has a Paul, an, and for a girl, an older person in their life that they can go to that's investing into their life, and then they have a, a Barnabas, someone like-aged, that they can go to and they can talk and they can serve the Lord together. And then if they can have a Timothy, a younger person in their life that they're investing into what they're learning in the truths of God, then you're going to see people that are going to be highly successful in life mm -hmm. because they've learned the proper perspective of how to live a personal life with Christ. Ah, oh, beautiful. Okay, I want you to speak to, to young marrieds. What can they do to fortify their marriage? Date your spouse. Don't ever stop dating your spouse. Probably our driest time is when we thought we were all good and we we didn't schedule date nights. And then we kind of woke up and went, whoa, what's happening? We are not intentional like we used to be. And we had a standing date night mm -hmm. when our kids were young that nothing, nothing could change it. You know, even if he got a speaking engagement, nope, Monday night, I'm so sorry I can't. Mm -hmm. Or if he'd get a ministry call, it was the urgent or is it the, you know, emergency? You know, the urgent can wait, but our date came first. And so we would always say, date your wife. Don't ever be afraid to say, I want to change. Or we don't say that's just the way I am. Because God is bigger than all of that. So whatever we bring into marriage, if it's an anger problem or if it's insecurity, but to be able to lay that down together and say, let's let God work on that in us. And I think one of the things that was really fun for Karen and I, and what we would say to young couples is, is you've got to see the end result of what it is that you want. We want a godly marriage all the days of our life. And we're not just trying to have a good marriage. We want the best marriage. And that takes time. 
It takes energy. It takes effort. It takes conscious decisions. It takes notes. It takes texting. It takes phone calls. It takes flowers. In fact, the, yesterday I was so excited because I bought a $24.99 bundle of flowers and brought it to Karen, and, and I'm so excited to give it to her, you know, and, and couldn't even wait till uh, Valentine's Day to give it to her because I'm so excited. I love uh, the journey with Karen. And, and I think if you can just understand the power of a marriage, it's not just a relationship. It's a covenant. And that journey is, is a big one because we're saying to the other one, this is the rest of our life. Mm-hmm. And so don't choose lightly what you're about to do when you're going into marriage. Choose it well and then stay the course and follow the, follow the, the, the signs. And they say, be in the word, be in prayer, and believe the best in the other. And Shay, I don't, I don't want to blow past, you know, Karen mentioned it a minute ago, but, 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 you know, you're out there in your marriage and, you know, perhaps your marriage is struggling. Uh, and, you know, that's part of life. Uh, Jesus said in this world, we will have tribulations. You got to understand this little lovebird over here on my left, you know, lovely Karen and this, this romantic man, you know, Keith over here, folks, they've been through more hardships and more difficulties. She mentioned losing a child. She didn't mention miscarriage after miscarriage. She didn't mention, you know, living in near poverty as a, you know, as a church youth leader for years, raising kids, you know, in their home. She didn't mention the the illnesses that, that their children fought growing up. But everybody wants to be like Keith and Karen now, but going through loving through pain, loving through suffering, loving through difficult circumstances and conflicts and arguments. Folks, as you hear, that's what makes love great. That's what makes love strong. And that's what makes Keith and Karen's relationship so beautiful to me. Mm. Well, Keith and Karen, thank you for being such a great example to us. Uh, I just... I'm ready to run out of here and go find my wife, you know, really and truly. And and that's what you're doing. You guys have done that your whole lives and ministries is you've been a great example. And so I, I know that our audience is encouraged. I'm super encouraged. And and I want you to be encouraged because you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Super inspiring. Thank you. Well, we want to thank our audience for spending time with us today. And uh, we hope this conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to marriage. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today and we just rejoice in a beautiful example. Thank you, God, for all of your grace and your mercy along the way. That's helped Keith and Karen uh, grow together in love. And I pray that each one of us would be inspired and encouraged that we can do it too. Your Spirit's here to help and to comfort and to carry when needed. And we just pray for all the marriages and the marriages to be out there, God, that um, that you would fortify them, that you'd give your angels charge concerning them to guard them in all of their ways. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canicuckpodcast.com. 
And for more information about Canacook, you can visit canacook.com. Thank you.